generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back. Welcome to day seven of these Keep the Change lessons. I would like to tell you a story. Stories from throughout my life of things that I've done that relate back to finances that have ultimately shaped the way that I now look at the world and look at finances and practice some of the things that I now teach you and other people about. Number seven, selling a house. going to be a very short lesson because uh, I don't really know what to tell you, but I sold a house. But I need to tell you this because it's then what happened after this. But I guess if I was to uh, tell you one thing, it would be that this would be up there with one of the biggest single financial regrets that I would have made uh, in in my life. But that's easy to say in hindsight, but I don't know what would have been if I had stayed on that path anyway. So perhaps it's not. But why I say that it is one of the biggest regrets is that I had got myself to a position. So I moved out of Taranaki and moved up to Auckland. And I kept my my house and people were living in it and that was fine and it was being rented and I was sort of on the, the classic Kiwi path, you know, get a rental property, get other people paying the mortgage, it'll go up in value and the rent basically covered everything and I was living rent free up in Auckland to start with with my sister as well. I think I was contributing something to their mortgage to be fair and you know I could have been paying down that loan and and very, very quickly had, well not quickly, but I was on the path to having basically no mortgage and uh, an asset that was paying me week to week. And that's often what you know people want. And I could have had that, but I, I decided to sell it. Now I decided to sell it because I wanted to do more of what we talked about in episode number six, pissing up in your 20s. That's probably, yeah, I think it was, yeah, I was still in my 20s. And I decided that uh, that I would sell it because A, I was going to be traveling and going overseas and I thought, well, I'll, I'll get rid of it because I just don't want the hassle of things going wrong with it, managing tenants and the tenants that were in there were sort of, they were all, they were, they were kind of using it as a, not, not a permanent place to live, but it was all very temporary and that was becoming a bit of a hassle of just sorting that sort of stuff out because one was there some nights and the other not and then the other going, oh, I'll probably be gone in a month and 
Um, I just wasn't, I, was, I just felt very far away from it. But these were all just excuses at the end of the day. I could have got a property manager, found a family to live in it, and uh, Bob's your uncle. I got nothing to do with it except for put some money aside for some repairs and things like that, but they would have sorted it all out. So, you know, in, in hindsight, that's what I should have done is stayed the course, kept it. Because as we know, houses continue to go up in price and this was maybe eight years ago, so it'd probably be double in value now. Like, who knows what it uh, sold for. Every now and then I go back through the town and I go past it and I think, ah, uh, what could have been? But where would I be now? I'd have a freehold property probably or I'd have a property that I could borrow against to then buy some more property. So I'd probably be further down the 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 property pathway that people go down. But, um, you know, I, I don't know what that would have done to the other side of my life where I may not have quit jobs, I may not have started businesses, I may not be doing this right now. You know, I just don't know because you just, you don't know what the other side of your decision making looks like because ultimately what you decide, you then play that part of your life out and you're not to know how your life would have been different and it's very fun to kind of speculate on how your life would be different. Mostly we do it in a positive, don't we? And we forget all of the negative things that could have come along, you know, like that roof on that house could have started leaking again and all of a sudden there's 15 grand that I had to come up with and I could have been completely stressed out and... um and then lived in a place of stress for six months of how I was going to find 15 grand, I probably would have got that credit card back from Westpac, wouldn't I? Um, you know, so you just you just don't know, but we, we often like to look at hindsight with an element of positivity too. So just remember that when you are looking at things in your past going off. Oh, I had done this differently, probably more inclined to think that they'd be better than what they actually would be because you don't know what other things would have come up along the way too. But anyway, I, uh, I sold it so that I could do some travelling because I was... Um, I was thinking about going to the UK. Now, if you don't know, it's very fashionable for accountants. What they do is they get their chartered accounting and then they go over to the UK and they call it an OE, an overseas experience, I think is the, uh, is the te- technical term. They go on these OE things and they post heaps of photos and stuff when they're over there and do heaps of travel because uh, the UK is very close to other countries and uh, you get paid a shitload to do these contract-type roles as an accountant over there, you can save some money up, you can send some back, and you're, you're earning the pound, man, you're earning the pound, it's just so good, like, yeah, you know, everything's cheaper, and you can send some of the pound back, and it's just the thing to do, like, if you're not doing that when you're an accountant, you sort of, you probably, something's probably wrong with you, um, if you're a Kiwi, you, you just you just haven't taken the, the, the path, so I, I didn't take the path, and I carried on with my career, and finding different jobs, and uh, different girlfriends, and, that sort of thing, and pissing up in my 20s, as I explained, and just uh, having a gloriously fun 20s, while some of my friends that I went to uni with, they all went to, to the UK and did their thing, but that, that never really appealed to me, so that's why I didn't, but I started to feel like a little bit lost, I guess, and wondering what I was going to do, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe I should have done that, you know, maybe I should have done what everyone did, so what I thought is I'll bin this house, and then I'll have some funds, and I'll be able to I go on a trip with my mate that we we were thinking about doing, then go to the Olympics to watch our mate uh, compete in the Olympics, and then I'd carry on to the UK after that. So uh, then I'd get there and I'd have some. I wouldn't have the pound, man. I'd just have the New Zealand dollar in my back pocket, eh? So it'd probably be only half half of what it would be when I converted to pounds. But oh, you're not earning the pound yet. You know, these are just all the things that people say when they go. But anyway, 
I uh, I didn't sell it in time, so I didn't end up going and doing the UK thing. And uh, here I am today. And I think partly, you know, I like to think that sometimes these things happen for a reason because I wasn't actually supposed to be going over there. I was just going down someone else's path because I was unsure what path I was supposed to be on. And interestingly, the house sold when I was overseas, but by the time I went, I'd committed to coming back to New Zealand and going back to my job and not going to the UK. So I um, yeah, sold it, sold it when I was over there and the next lesson after this will be about my travel journeys and you could probably skip through that at triple speed because it's just elements of the last one pissing up but not in New Zealand but in a different country but uh, we'll talk about that anyway, it might be fun for some of you and um, yeah, I, uh, I sold it and yeah, then I had the funds from that and now I guess it puts me in a position where I can't use my KiwiSaver again to buy a home so then my KiwiSaver is basically it can be as risky as because there's 30 years until I'm going to be able to access it or 31 at 65 and by then you know who knows the rules might have changed along the way but um, you know a lot of people use their KiwiSaver to to buy their home and that gets them in the in the market and on the property ladder and for some people they would go well you squandered your opportunity because you you got that opportunity you used it for what the purpose of it was and then you sold it and so you've you don't have that opportunity anymore so you know I I should be if I stayed the path I should have uh, mortgage-free property dropping me out a nice income each week and being able to borrow against that with the equity and that to to probably buy an eighth of an apartment up here in Auckland because it's pretty hard to compare the Harwater, which is Taranaki, the Harwater housing market with the Auckland housing market. And of course, I didn't know that Grant and his mates at the Reserve Bank were going to just pump so much liquidity into the system and really ramp up house prices by 40% due to this pandemic. But, um, you know, it is what it is. So that was me. I uh, I decided to get out of the, the housing market and really, again, it was just to free up some cash. And there's sort of the same themes here, isn't it? You know, we're now seven episodes into this and I'm always looking for cash because I don't seem to have enough cash to spend. And we have to remember that it wasn't too long before this that I'd lost a year of my life in terms of being able to save because I was having to pay down my credit card. So potentially, if I didn't fuck up with the credit card situation, I could have had a stack of money sitting there saved and I wouldn't have needed to sell the property because I could have had some money to fall back on should I have decided to go to the UK. But again, we're looking back at the past trying to figure out what coulda, shoulda, woulda. But who cares? It is what it is. Like we said in the very one of the very early stories is just learning to accept your past and know that there's some answers there but you're more responsible for your future and that's what we want to be aiming towards and figuring out what we can do with that. So I sold sold the house and uh, someone would have moved into to that and good on them, but that was, I probably had been out of the town by maybe six or eight months by then, I can't quite recall to be fair, but um, I do know that when I was overseas my parents had to go and clear out my entire house because I wasn't there so it, w- it looked like it wasn't going to sell but but it did and I was signing paperwork from from overseas and and then the people wanted to move in pretty quickly and 
um, yeah, my, uh, my parents had to trek all the way up and go and get my lazy boy and my king-size beard that I'd financed, but I'd paid those off by now, hadn't I? Um, and, and store those back at their place. And uh, I'm very grateful for them going and doing that because I'd basically, I was a burden to them is how I guess I would explain it because um, they had to go and sort that shit out for me. So I'm sure we've all been in positions where we've, we've left our parents in the lurch or we've um, you know, made our parents come and tidy up some of the messes we've created. Oh, hey guys, I'm on a bloody OE. Well, I wasn't really on OE, but I was on a, a trip overseas and uh, I, I'm not going to be able to sort this. Can you do it for me? Yeah, cheers, good on you. So make sure we say thank you to those types of people in our life who tidy up those messes for us. And you know, to the accountants that are thinking about going over to... Uh, the UK, or even if you're thinking about it, you know, good stuff. You know, may, maybe that's where if you've got. I always say to people like, if that's your itch, go and scratch it. If you've got an itch, scratch it because you're not going to know if you do or don't enjoy something until you start scratching that itch, right? I was talking to a young fellow about this the other day, and he was worried about going over there because he didn't want to miss the construction boom here. And I said, look, you know, do you really want to go? And he's like, I really want to go. Like, I really want to have a crack at it. I'm like, well, mate. If you start a business, then it's going to be very hard to walk away from that business in two, three, four, five years' time because not many business owners business owners can actually do that. And that's what he wanted to do. That was his alternative. I said, if I were you, mate, I would scratch the itch and come back. You'll put your head down. You'll start your business. Yep, you might be a bit further behind some of your mates, but who cares? You don't want to compare yourself and just grind, and you will, uh, you'll get as far as you would, you know, as if you didn't go overseas anyway because you'll make it happen because you're driven and you're hungry. So if you do have the itch to go overseas and go travelling and do those things, like full credit, like I, I just didn't have it, so that's why I was sort of making fun of it uh, before because it just wasn't it wasn't my thing that I wanted to do. I have enjoyed when I do go overseas, but uh, I will tell you a little bit about that in the next one, but uh, it, it was never something that I wanted to do and go and, go and work overseas and, and earn the power, man, and be able to just go to bloody... I went to bloody Greece, man. It was insane. Um, but if that's your thing, then fuck, do your thing. Scratch your itch. Good on you, you know. That's what living's all about. We've got to do the things that we want to do. Uh, and there'll be some people listening to this that are like, well, you privileged assholes who studied accounting and you can just get a bloody passport and go work overseas. I wish my life was like that. And yeah, fair enough. Um, we've all got different different backgrounds and different things, but uh, it's definitely... Part of the thing to do when you're an accountant is to, to go over and work overseas and get some international experience and then come back and basically go back into a firm. Most people just come back and then go back to the region where they were from originally and get some mind-numbing job that they didn't really want anyway. Um, so it's not very well thought out for, for some people. Um, but I actually think the people that have the best advantage in this country are all the, the tradies. So if you're a tradie listening to this, here's why. Because... You've got a skill set that a lot of people can't or don't have and they need to trade their money to use your skill set. Now, you've got the ultimate advantage that you can build, fix, plumb, wire your shit and you don't need to transact money to do that. So say you're a builder, you know, your goal might be to build it or to have a house. You're not going to go buy a house, are you? You're probably going to build one because you know how to build one and you can use that skill set. So you, your first step is, okay, get myself into a good position where I can buy a bit of land and then be able to finance a build. And what it's going to cost you to build a house is going to be a lot less than what it would cost me to build a house because you can do a lot of the doing. 
you can do some of the doing on a Saturday or a Sunday in your spare time. Old Luke over here, he, he can't build a house, mate. Oh, I wouldn't even know where to start. I went on site of a client the other day of some developments they were doing, and I'm like, geez, what is, what is happening here? I just had absolutely no idea. It looked like putting together a jigsaw, to be fair. Uh, and that's what seems like construction is these days. But, you know, you things can go wrong and you can fix those things. And they're costing you a fraction of the price of what they'd cost the general public because you've got the skill set. So never undervalue your skill set. And then the third part is that given that housing is the number one thing that people in New Zealand aspire to have, then, you know, you can you can build an asset that people want and that has value to them, and then you can extract the value and turn that into money. So you could build a second home. You might buy a piece of land, and you build a home for you on the front, and then a second one on the back that someone else is going to live in, and you sell that, and you've helped pay off the work that you've done for your own self and for your family because someone really wants that asset that you've built on the back of the section. So just think about those little things if you are a tradie. Um, you know, don't, when I was at school, it was go to uni, go to uni, go to uni, go to uni. And I ended up questioning my parents at one stage. I was like, why was everyone getting told to go to uni? Everyone's ended up with debt. Some, a lot of people got jobs they don't even want. They don't even pay that well. And the salary increases are quite slow. Heaps of the lads that uh, went and did trades are absolutely kicking asses. They've built their own homes. They've built businesses. They're employing people. They are mortgage free. They've got ridiculously brand new homes I was you know here I was in Harwood buying a three bedroom joint that um, felt like it was Antarctica sometimes in there and some of these trades dudes are just like they've built a brand new home of 14 layer glazing or whatever it's called triple glazing and yeah, things I didn't even know about I still have my wooden frame so you know never underestimate the value of being able to do hard work with your hands anyway that has been selling a house I did sell my house and it's a little bit of the, the chapter to the puzzle. So I wanted to tell you about that. We'll see you in the eighth lesson. Bang, 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 bang